Texas talking oh. What was that that you said? Texas talking oh. Gonna hoop upside your head Texas talking Tell me who can you trust When Texas guys Hey, this is Representative Brian Hughes from behind the pine curtain where the tea is sweet and grass is something we mow. While I campaign to keep it that way, here's my friend Evan Smith with this week's TribCast. Thank you, Representative Hughes. This is Evan Smith, the editor-in-chief of the Texas Tribune. Your regular host, Emily Ramshaw, is on assignment in Iceland. So I get to be your host this week as a substitute, and I'm here with uh, Ross Ramsey, our executive editor. There's an East-West thing going on there. That sounded an awful lot like Kent Hance. It's definitely an, a, 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 a dialect or a, a patois. North, Would North they East, call it patois in Louisiana? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe New Yorkers call it that. Also, nice grass joke. Who do you think he's talking about? There? I, the question's what you do with it after you mow it. Is that right? I guess Are right. you copping to something I'm here? Just, no, I'm just observing. Uh, Ross, uh, pot smoker in chief, is joined by uh, reporters on the podcast this week. Is joined by reporters Alexa Ura. From South Texas. From South Texas, where you just sound like everybody else. <laughs> and Jim Malowitz. Straight out of Jackson, Michigan. Straight out of the Midwest, yeah. You're the hippest guy in the room by, by far. I'm, that, that's absolutely true. Um, you, you know, Ross, I was thinking about uh, the Agriculture Commission race in the 2014 oh cycle. <laughs> and we laughed at one point about the prospect of Kinky Friedman as a candidate for Ag Commissioner. And hard to imagine getting him through in the general election and into the actual job of commissioner, but he ran. And at the time, we all thought, whether we said it out loud or not, boy, if Kinky Friedman is ag commissioner, it's going to be hilarious. It's going to be so interesting, bordering some on guy in a, Some guy in a hat. Some guy <laughs> just making headlines for all these reasons that have nothing to do with ag. And so instead, we elected Sid Miller. How's that working out for us? Well, you know, we uh, we got the same thing in another rapper. <laughs> is that what it is? And you mean WR as yeah, opposed right. to uh, NWA? Yeah, I mean it's you know he's this is the most Straight entertaining, the right. most entertaining act in um, Texas politics. So, so it's, he's, it, there's a little old school here. This is like how's that when politicians had personalities and weren't really afraid of them. You know, everybody weren't handled. Everybody's gotten so tamped down, and you know, nothing to see here. Yeah. And this is kind of old school. Jim, explain what uh, propelled our. Uh, dear Commissioner of Agriculture, into the news this week. Well, it all started on Facebook. As, as everything everything bad does. Um, Once and, upon a Facebook. And and, and so his, um, uh, Sid Miller's campaign account um, just shared a post um, that had been put out by... Well, I like that the account now can <laughs> act. It's anthropomorphizing <laughs> the well, 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 that's the thing, because we don't know. It, apparently, some, apparently some staff are one of potentially 18 people who have access to this account, uh, according wow. to Todd Smith, uh, Miller's campaign manager, um, shared a photo that had a mushroom cloud um, that had uh, the date of the um, Nagasaki bombing um, that uh, led to the end of World War II and said, uh, Japan, we've been at peace with Japan since then. And then it also said it's about time we make peace with the uh, quote-unquote Muslim world. Um, whatever that means, um, it's not really clear. That was shared on his uh, campaign account, and, and uh, it, you know, a lot of folks saw that as... Um, which, insensitive. We, we know for a fact that the commissioner himself did not press send on this post. We're pretty sure. I mean, he, he's in China right now uh, on a trade mission. China, where there are roughly 23 million Muslims. Um, but uh, he's over there. So, you know, Todd Smith said that uh, this was a, a staffer. No one knows who did it, even though you can look at, like, the, uh, you know, 
the administration of, of uh, you know a Facebook account and find out who exactly but, did it. But they, they also but they also came back, um, and I guess it was I guess it was Todd also came yeah. back and said. Um, it's not that we're sorry about this. Well, it was a bifurcated right. response. Do well, I understand right. that initially the response from in t- inside Team Miller was, "Oh, maybe it was yeah. inappropriate." Yeah, that that, that was from the uh, ag department, um, and then uh, called Smith, and he said, "You know, we're not going to apologize. Why would we apologize?" And thought the conversation was going to end there, and just sort of even unprompted, he said, "But you know, it was a thought-provoking post." And you know, most people um, was you, know, that? you know liked this post. You know, <laughs> well, and it's not the not, first you know. time he says something like this. It's true, it's true. Yeah, if yeah. he did in fact say it, or if it wasn't a he, campaign he account, he or a, or a <laughs> or his account, duly uh, <laughs> a, a duly deputized representative, <laughs> right. of, some uh, kind of agrobot out there running around. So, making so statements. let's let's talk about a couple of the issues that are raised uh, uh, by this uh, Miller news of this week. Some related to Miller and some related to the world in which we live. And let's start there, the world in which we live. We have a bunch of elected officials, Alexa, who have, cam- have um, uh, pardon me, social media accounts, Twitter and Facebook primarily, some with Instagram, some probably even with Snapchat, who have their they names want, on them. They want to get right with the kids. They want to get right <laughs> with the kids. And so they've got their names on these accounts. Some of them have those accounts that are really run by other people. They mm-hmm. may never touch those accounts themselves, but people are tweeting in their name or Facebooking in their name, or whatever. Others, like, for instance, Senator John Cornyn, we know, does all that stuff himself. He's mm-hmm. the one actually doing the posting. Kirk Watson is the one who is actively posting himself on there. But others ha- have their staff. Should you, as a elected official or as a public figure, own anything that is put on social media under your name, whether or not you personally did it? Well, Do you I, own it? I mean, I think you. if it's under your name, it's always going to be tied to you no matter what. And it kind of comes back to what Ross was saying about when politicians had personalities. And for some of them, their social media is a way to show that person. We've seen that a lot with Greg Abbott during the campaign. Right. And so I think, you know, if it's if it's got your name on it, it's going to be tied to it. Right. Ross, the, the fact is, it's hard for Sid Miller to walk away from this. Not that he's trying. Let's, you know, let's give him that. He's not trying. In, in olden times, I got a, a stamped letter from Bob Bullock, a nasty letter, and I sent a letter back, and he called me and said, I did not send the first letter. The first letter had his signature on it. Well, he was probably drunk. Well, no, people have been trying to disavow stuff like this for years. Somebody on my staff did it and faked my signature. Right. Now, you know, this is the same thing. It's just a different age. We do it electronically now. Yeah. But I, I mean, the, the, the question I, is, does if it, it was, even really matter? I mean, it, this is the type of thing that, that his base is totally cool with. I mean, it, more, yeah, more if, likes than, I guess there's no If it was popular, it, but, he would know they wouldn't attribute it to a staff member. And they've attributed it to no staff member in particular so it's still hanging on Miller's well, it's, name. Well, it's, it's, it's controversial, but Jim's point is undeniably true. Right. We we are in the midst mm-hmm. of politically in Texas a permanent primary campaign, when all you do is play to the base. You know, it's not all, just Texas. It's all about the base, about the base. That's it, right? <laughs> and and so from Sid Miller's perspective, the people who like this on Facebook are the people to whom he is beholden. At primary time, Sid Miller doesn't have to make nice with general election voters, in theory. And at the end so of the day, so where's the risk to him? He's not the only Texas politico who has said something or, in some way, offended the Muslim community. I mean, earlier this year, we had Representative Molly White, who was saying that folks who were visiting the Capitol for Muslim Capital Day could not, they, before entering her office, they had to swear allegiance to the United States. Right. And so, you know, you saw that blow up. On social media, it was it was announced on her Facebook that, page That was in too. fact a social media f- a controversy. Yeah, or at so least started that way too. Miller's right. not the only one that's doing this, at least on the Republican side of the aisle. Right now, 
to come back to the question of Sid Miller himself and the tenure uh, in office now, eight months or so, uh, we've had let's put cupcakes back in the schools. We've had let's put fried food. The man knows how to write a headline. Back in the schools. Are we going to talk about agriculture at any point? I mean, uh, the, the, the job is commissioner of agriculture. He's really been commissioner of headlines more than anything else, right? And, and, and he says that he's talking about agriculture. I mean, you know, this uh, – trade mission in China, you know, he, he's pointing to that and saying that he's had all these meetings with different foreign officials right. to, to promote, you know, um, um, Texas exports and, and, and so forth. Um, he, he, he blames the media for focusing on these great headlines, I guess. That for focusing on those on. press releases. Yeah, you're right, right. <laughs> well, you know, on the, fry, on the fried foods and on the, the cupcakes, at least you could argue that nutrition has been formally or informally under the formally. umbrella, formally, right. un, uh, the umbrella of the Ag Commissioner, the predecessor in the job, Susan Combs. Uh, uh, Hard time remembering she, the name there. Talk, so long. <laughs> well, I had to remember what job she had last because she had a bunch of them. But yes, that was what she did last. She um, uh, talked about obesity and the problem of obesity right. in, this, in the state. And she was a big advocate for getting a bunch of junk out of the schools. She got and the priors out of there. Sid Miller is effectively taking the same attack only he's going in the opposite direction he's running in the opposite direction from where Susan Combs did so it's not that he shouldn't be talking about this but he is certainly you know this as ag department the majority of people in the state don't even know who the ag commissioner is let alone particularly care about although they're affected by it the work of the ag department mm-hmm. we're not used to these kind of down ballot offices attracting up ballot headlines the first thing you said was the important thing most people don't know who the ag, ag commissioner is yeah and it's, you know, I mean, part of the job of his press operation, I'm sure, is to get him known. You know, this tale is old as time. You know, but what does he want, what does he want out of this? Sid Miller is uh, you an You know, older... everybody, in, everybody in politics wants to go up. Well, but he's an older uh, 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 rather than younger uh, sport, right? So he doesn't have as much time to go up. So he needs right. to do it in a hurry. I mean, I think realis- a lot of headlines. Re- realistically, I'm wondering, is Sid Miller intending to take this position as a, what's your phrase from the old Railroad Commission discussions we've had, a leap pad as opposed to a lily pad? Right. Does he imagine Launching that the pad, Ag Department yeah. is a leap pad and that there's some place for him to go other than Ag Commissioner? Or is this his last job? I, you know, I think everybody's looking at, you know, whatever they've got as a launching pad. It's like, let's go up. I want to go up. I would, right. I'd like to be higher, you know? Yeah. Um, it, it is possible. That, I mean, th- this does seem kind of like the perfect type of job for him, you know, like the, the ex uh, or is he still um, a, a rodeo cowboy, that kind of thing. I mean, he's well, he's and he connected. has a long history. A he has a long history in right. ag. Uh, well, you look, right. you know, you know right. I mean, as ag commissioners go, you look at him and you say, you know, this is actually the resume that you know right. kind of suits the job. It's sort know? of what he sort of walked into a job that was made for him, right? Based on, based mm-hmm. on right. his and, his background. And he has told us that you know he's having like the the, the time of his life. You know, when we wrote. Uh, some of the stories about about the controversies with lawmakers and and so forth. He said, you know, I feel like I'm doing a great job, and I've never had this much fun in office before. So um, I, I think he's having a blast. And you know, really, he hadn't. You know, to your point, I mean, he hasn't really done much here that is off the beam. It's sort of like outside of where you think a, you know, a real Texas agriculture commissioner would be acting. This doesn't look right. particularly unusual. It's it's you know out there, and it gets a lot of headlines and gets a lot of attention, but. I don't think it's getting him necessarily attention he doesn't want. And hard-edged politics that may be behind a post like this, whether intended or not, worth apologizing for or not, staff posted or posted by the man himself or not. At the moment in Texas, those hard-edged politics are not risky. This is the Mm -hmm. point that you were making about the number of likes and, and all that. In some ways, the surprising thing about this post is how unsurprising it is in the context of the political conversation that we all seem to be having these days. 
in social media and off and the relatively low consequences for stepping out like that. Well, and sometimes, you know, it, it looks like it's news and it looks like a headline and everything, but it's not necessarily off base. You remember how our polling looked on Jade Helm for Greg Abbott, you know, when the governor right. sent the state guard out to, you know, watch, you know, Jade Helm to protect our rights and stuff. You know, everybody thought that was crazy and outlandish and got on national cable and Until everything. Until you discover that. And then that, you look at the polling yeah. and it's like, yeah, he, he hit the mark. Right. The, well, par- and for the Miller, paranoiac's vote is actually a high percentage of the vote, it turns out, right? <laughs> right. And for Miller, even though the post was taken down, I mean, he got he even got some national headlines out of this. So if the key is trying right. to put his name out there and become well-known, this actually helped him. Success. Well, the yeah. only place this post has come down is on Facebook. It's everywhere. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, and people- Grabbed, social screen, media. screen grabbed it, you know. Right. I mean, again, if you go back to Kinky Friedman, you know, would uh, I'm just an asshole from El Paso or, you know, the ballad of Charles he's, Whitman be any cutting, more controversial he's than— He's cutting another album with Willie Nelson. Do you see this? Maybe Sid the re- Miller? Re- no, no. Kinky Friedman. Maybe, <laughs> oh, the, maybe the reemergence. Maybe we will get our Sid Miller-Kinky Friedman race. Are you, are you de- calling for him to run again for Ag Commissioner? I'm not calling for anything. I'm just, you know, exploring possibilities. Well, you know, uh, maybe he should run for Land Commissioner. Because uh, uh, of of the down ballot commissioners who found themselves in the headlines over the last week, Sid Miller was not the only one. Uh, George P. Bush appeared. I think Sid Miller, whether of, or not of he, the Bushes of the of the of the of the Bushes of the right? Kennebunkport Bushes, yeah. right? Um, uh, Sid Miller may have uh, not posted that deal himself, but he was perfectly happy for that post. It turns out to have been viewed by the public. The video of George P. Bush addressing the inner workings of the General Land Office was not a video that I think Mr. Bush, Commissioner Bush, particularly wanted to have out in circulation. It's, it's possible, yeah. And and so this video that that, that, Tell that the story, we obtained, it, it basically um, it outlined some things that that, that um, Bush has has um, kind of touted in press releases. Just this um, shaking up of, of the GLO. He's talked about um, you know consolidating the many divisions in this um, pretty um, versatile, sprawling. Um, um, agency that does a whole lot, but um, he he used some some harsh words talking about the internal threat that the um, agency faces and talking about you know was he um, specific by what he meant about a threat? Um, basically, it, it wasn't as specific as as you would have liked, but uh, he, he was basically addressing this idea that um, um, folks were resting on their laurels, that kind of thing, and and um, you know um, that that it wasn't a meritocracy um, at, at the agency, and he's saying that. Basically, we're cleaning house, um, and his um, wants uh, it to work more like Amazon. Right, right. It, it kind of sounds like it to some extent. Uh, we won't get into that. Um, but uh, it, it was this video, this this internal discussion um, at at the GLO uh, that sort of exemplified, you know, to to what extent he's trying to shake things up there. Now, this comes on the heels a couple of weeks ago of an audit report that cast some. A negative light on the administration of the land office, right? Right, right. The audits, and then we also got a hold of a, some internal audits that basically showed. Uh, well, well, the one that was um, released first um, said that the the contracting processes at the GLO were flawed, um, and that uh, uh, they weren't vetting for um, potential um, uh, conflicts of interest, that kind of thing. Right. Um, and and evaluating the best deals, uh, bang for the buck. Which would be controversial at any point, but especially in the wake of all the HHSC contracting mm-hmm. issues that have come up. Everyone's focused now on whether agencies are doing sufficient vetting of contracts, and so right, it played right. into the narrative that governments run amok. Right, and it, and it was kind of an interesting report too, because it it basically um, th- these were problems that happened under um, Jerry Patterson's watch for the most part. But you know, anytime a report comes out under 
under you know someone like like Bush, um, it, they're they're still very sensitive about it. Um, right. Well, but but let me let me take his side here a little bit. You know, these these guys in state government, from the governor's office all the way down to land and ag, have been in office for a long time, and it's not unusual for new people to come into office and say, you know, we need to do some spring cleaning. Overturn right the is, mulch. Yeah, this is you know th- you know you guys have gotten some bad habits here. We need to snap the lines. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's been interesting to see the, the reaction to the to the story, at least in the comments and, you know, other, you know, emails that I've gotten and, and so forth. There, there's a pretty, maybe even split, you know, the folks are saying, yeah, shake up that office. You know, they've, um, you know, haven't had a, a come to Jesus moment like that. Um, and then there are other people saying that, you know, why are you messing with a good thing and saying, you know, yeah. the DLOs raised all this money in, in, in mineral wealth, which is partly due to the one top market for oil and gas. Well, and Jerry Patterson has to watch all of this happen, and he hasn't been very, I mean, he's been pretty vocal well, about his, it. Well, his relatively Remember new mustache <laughs> has been curling up and uncurling at the sight of this attack on his legacy. Patterson, who, let's acknowledge, you know, like, you know, some people in public office, the press loves Patterson in part because Patterson won't be handled mm-hmm. and says what's on his mind. So the only and guy pa- who's ever been in my office with an assault rifle. Is that right? <laughs> That's right. Nothing you did. As far as I know. I missed that. Yeah. Where's my Texas Weekly? Where is my Texas Weekly? But Patterson uh, takes every opportunity to uh, to speak up when Patterson feels speaking up is a good idea. And he responded first to that audit. Right. of anybody and said essentially, hey, pipsqueak. The P in George P. Bush stands for pipsqueak. Hey, pipsqueak. <laughs> uh, Not well, a direct quote, but... No, I'm, I'm, par- I'm paraphrasing. Hey, what do you mean the office is broken? What do you mean there's something to clean up? He right. took the, the audits, and I think he probably takes this video as an indirect or even sort of quasi-direct You know, Ken Paxton changes something at the AG's office. Abbott's going to feel that a little bit personally. Right. If, you right. know, everything Patrick does in the in the lieutenant governor's office, Dewhurst is going to take personally. It's You know, this is what happens. Ross, what is your read on George P. Bush eight months in? So, you know, a lot of fanfare about the, the, the you know, Hakuna Matata moment with the, you know, the Lion King arriving right. in office and, you know, the— the uh, great family name and history in the state of Texas that basically they're, you know, paving the way for great things. And, you know, uh, he deliberately ran for an office that was largely out of public view rather than going for a brass ring first time out of the gate. Uh, He's a very modest and humble guy by my experience in dealing with him. He seems to be just a normal guy. Um, He's in an odd situation politically. His dad's running for president. Well, I was going to say, that's the the first thing is everything he says could reflect up on somebody else in a way that, you know, doesn't affect anybody else in Texas politics. Um, You know, you're new at an agency. uh, You come in. You try to assess the thing. You have the auditors. You let the auditors in. You see what they find. And then you start asserting yourself. And I think the the video that Jim's talking about, it wasn't a secret video. It was a video that looked like it was, you know, on a uh, tripod somewhere taping the speech, right. you know, and it was an agency-wide speech. It's not like it's a secret. He's right, putting but this, his, vi- this, but, this video but, was not a, p- a press release. But, but he's putting them— no, Anytime, any time a, an organization like ours uses the word obtained right. <laughs> right. In, in a story, yeah. that tells you that this was <laughs> yeah. not something that and, they and, put and out. I think this video, from what I understand, was on sort of the, the GLO's internal server for right. um, employees to access. But, 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 but right, it's, it's not like they, they blasted this. But I think, I think basically he's asserting himself at the agency, and he's, and he's asserting himself— Nothing He's going to assert that, right? himself slowly in politics in a way that, prob- that you know, I think from his point of view— 
you know, kind of keeps it in Texas and doesn't reflect up the line on his dad in some way or another. Um, right. At, you know, I, I, you know, he's, he's doing fine, I think. You know, it's he's kind of doing – the only reason we're even talking about it really is because he's a Bush. I mean, you know, this is what happens in these agencies So all if the his time. name were George P. Shmulowitz, we would not be talking about this video? Uh, we would be talking about how somebody named Shmulowitz got off the ballot. How do you, how'd that, how'd <laughs> how that get how, past how, the voters? How, that's not a good – that's like Wayne Christian. That's a good ballot name. Where's Shmulowitz versus some, some terrible – but he was very quiet during the campaign. I mean, you hardly saw him out. Correct. His remarks were always very short. And this video coming out is this point of him becoming more assertive. Maybe it wasn't in the way that they wanted to release that, but at least it's putting his name back out there in a professional setting after a campaign in which he was very quiet. It There's not it much does, risk. It yeah. doesn't hurt him. The voters right. are looking at a guy and, and, you know, he's new in office and he's saying, you right. know, I want to shake this up some. It's like, that's great. You're shaking up a government agency. These are Republicans. But in some, in some ways, this conversation leads me to ask a version of the question I asked, maybe a, a bit spicier version of the question I asked about the guy. Does anybody give a crap about the land office? Can I give a crap about these agencies, honestly? Well, the people that are directly affected, land office has some direct ties to veterans, yeah. um, has some direct ties to, you know, this is a lot more bureaucratic, but, you know, it manages a lot of school funds. Well, it has they a lot do, of ties they, to they the oil business. They do important it has work. A lot of, it has a lot of real estate in it. There's, it in know, some ways, this is not, I mean. This agency I, has I, a lot of touches. I know what you're saying, and I but know what I asked you, but know. I also didn't necessarily mean the question to sound the way that it. Did regular does. voters do regular voters care does about the it? the average no. person, not somebody who's directly affected by it, but does the average person really think day in and day out, ooh, what's going on at the internal workings of the land no. office? No. There are no campaign issues coming out of this, which is in part why you see George P. Bush headlining pro-life rallies. Because there are no right. campaign there are no direct although, campaign issues. Although there's that come no out abortion responsibilities associated right. with the land office as far as I'm aware of. Normal people don't pay attention to stuff that's not broken. Nobody was caring about what was going on in Bluebell's factories until there was a Listeria story. You know, you don't care about the land office until you hear something's broken over there, until you hear right. something's roiling over there. I, I don't think And you probably don't care about the Ag Commission until the commissioner goes nuclear on Facebook, right? Right. That guy in the hat, like what did he say today? You know, that's exactly. entertainment, ladies and gentlemen. It is. Um I want to come to the UT statue issue, which is an ongoing deal, Alexa. You're our statue mm -hmm. bureau chief, statuary <laughs> bureau chief. But before that, on the question of is anybody paying attention, does anybody care? Uh, Jim, yesterday, uh, Attorney General Paxton was re-indicted. Yes. There was uh, uh, maybe you can fill people in on exactly what the news of that is. And I want to ask you whether, <laughs> from a public perspective, the the continuing drip, drip, drip on Paxton and the fact that the controversy has got a certain amount of time still to play out, whether anybody really is paying attention to that either. Right. Well, well, the, the re-indictment wouldn't really be news um, if if no one talked about it. Um, it <laughs> so why did you talk about it? <laughs> well, I, I talked about it because the lawyers on both sides of the issue talked about it. And right. it, it, it's news because You're it's forgiven. the attorney general. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, he, he still faces the three um, um, basic counts um, and just t two of the, the actual um, securities fraud counts were reworded, and uh, basically, from what I understand, I've talked to you know other um, experts outside of the situation who said that um, you know this doesn't happen all the time where they refile the indictments, but um, this is a way to kind of get on top of things that you you might see um, certain phrases in the indictments that that might appear weak at first glance, and this is a way to sort of bolster the argument before the other side gets a chance to right. um, attack it. This was Ross, basically there's, no, there's there's not a no backsees rule no, in indicting a, people. There's a there's an 
they basically edit, edited the thing. And well, the way, why? Well, why? well because what is they, this, SB Nation? We get to iterate and update <laughs> well, our get, story? They do get to do this. You know, K. Bailey Hutchison was indicted two or three times before they finally got the indictments. How did that work out they, for Ronnie Earl? Well, it didn't work out. But yeah. they, they reworded their indictments. And basically what they said in these was it was a difference. Uh, Jim, correct me if I'm wrong. It was a difference between saying Paxton had invested in a particular company and saying Paxton had been compensated with stock in a particular right, company. Right, right. It was just a little bit more specific. They're clarifying bit, the facts. A little bit. Well, they're clarifying their assertion, and the assertion is still to be tested well, in was court. Was there an some concern just an accusation. that the original wording created a path to acquittal for Paxton, that if the if the imprecision of the original well, if you're imprecise wording, then they can say, well, yeah. wait a minute, actually, this is not what we did. Right, right. right. if you're it, clarifying. It, it's, it's possible, yeah. It's, this is basically them just covering every potential... Avenue I think, of where they could be I think when you unpack yeah. this and get away from all the lawyers barking at each other, it's basically you had a flaw in your indictment, you fixed it, and now you proceed. And now you right. get to move on. Right. And, right. The, and the other guy said, oh, you had a flaw. And, and right. I think they would rather the flaw had stayed. Right. Right. <laughs> and, and, the, the, and the potential risk from the prosecutor's standpoint is, you know, M-dash, elsewhere in indictment news, M-dash, you could be in a Rick Perry situation where you end up having indictments that are ultimately thrown out as being not well thought through or not constitutionally valid. And, you know, the Paxson people are certainly hoping that among the positive outcomes for them is that the courts get a hold of these indictments mm -hmm. above the, the level that they're right. filed now. And they go, well, actually, this is not, you know, they, they have, and I think so the prosecutor is probably just covering their behinds on this. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's what it looks like. It, it's uh, debatable, you know, how, how weak the original indictments are. But I, I don't think anyone is... is Who's, who's credible as saying that these original right. indictments were seriously flawed. It's right. just they're, they're cleaner. Is anybody talking about the Paxton indictments outside of the block between the Austin Club and the Starbucks at 10th and Congress? His mugshot was all over Twitter, but then again, we all follow each other. I mean, there's a exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so you, you got roughly as many retweets as are people in the office. What does that mean? Um, yes, his mugshot's all over Twitter, although Twitter is a bubble of its own. Right. Twitter is a one block between the Austin Club and the Starbucks of its own. Um, I'm just asking out in the real Texas as opposed to the Disneyland of Austin or the Disneyland times 100 of this office. Is anybody talking about Ken Paxton's we're, indictments? We're back to your other question. Does anybody know what's going on in the land office? I don't think a lot of these people right. – I don't think a lot of people really know who these guys are yet, Ken Paxton or – they know Bush because of the name but otherwise wouldn't know him. Well, right. and the, the securities fraud or alleged securities fraud, I mean, that's not something that voters easily pick up either. Right. And so that complicates this a little bit more in terms of making it a political issue against him because your general voters might not even know what that means. Right. It and seems honestly, to be rolling pretty quick. The he, definition of political issue in an era of no competitive elections is itself an interesting Right. Thing. Well, it's interesting. You can't displace this guy in an election as Dan Branch and Barry Smitherman and Sam Houston found out, but you might be able to in court. And that's the only route that they have. His well, opponents yeah. now. Mm -hmm. He's got another lawyer we should mention, Peter right. Schulte, who's a former right. uh, prosecutor in Dallas County and is a good, you know, well-regarded criminal lawyer up there, has joined the team. So he, he tweeted they're, they're last night, uh, you know, I'm joining the I team. I am joining the Ken Paxton. Right. Um, speaking <laughs> of displacing, uh, tough to displace things, Alexa, do you like that transition? Emily left me that transition <laughs> in a box when she went away. <laughs> she, in case of emergency, it, yeah. break, break glass. <laughs> Um, uh, the University of Texas at Austin is in, in the middle of this controversy over the rise of the Confederacy. Uh, <laughs> the return of the Confederacy is a topic of conversation. Um, the Jefferson Davis statue mm -hmm. and other statues that have an association with a different time in our history 
are at risk of, it appears, being physically moved yeah. uh, to the Briscoe Center or elsewhere, but basically off the main part of campus because of this national discussion about mm-hmm. the Confederate flag and emblems of the Confederacy and everything else. Um, we're in a holding pattern right now. There's a, you know, there's some action. The sons of the Confederate veterans have said. Somebody said the great great grandsons of the Confederate veterans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, a day before the university was set to finally relocate the statue after many many years of outcry, the sons of Confederate veterans filed a temporary restraining order. It hasn't been granted. It was only filed. Right. But UT said in, the, in, in right. view of the fact that this is an ongoing issue, we're going to sort of slow our roll on yeah. moving the. Statue. Yeah, they, right. they voluntarily delayed the removal, hoping that there would be a hearing this week. That hearing has actually been set for August 27th, so it'll be delayed until— yeah, a couple more weeks. Yeah, so it'll it'll stay in place until then. The hope is to move it, but now there's questions whether this violates um, the Littlefield will. Littlefield was the one who paid for the construction of these statues. Right. So it's going to go through the courts now. But, you know, what really the people who kind of got something out of this were the Democrats who have been trying to get this discussion going about the Confederate statues on Capitol grounds. And there's really been zero response from state leadership so far on that issue. And so immediately, as soon as they announced the relocation, even though it was delayed, the Democrats were quick to say, oh, by the way, we're still also waiting for this to happen. Right, But nothing has happened. But nothing has happened there. Happened there. Is, is this a larger conversation than just limited to this statue and this yeah. university. So, yeah, I mean, so, you know, the first statue on your fill, right. Fill in the picture. When you walk up to the Texas Capitol, that famous picture of the Texas Capitol, usually from the south side, you walk up the, that long sidewalk, the mm-hmm. very first statue to your right as you walk toward the Capitol is the Confederate hero statue. Yeah. And the conversation starts there. And right. there are statues, you know, sprinkled around the Capitol and, you know, in and inside state buildings and state institutions that have to do with the Confederacy. And, and you know, what UT looks like it decided on this particular thing, of course, this is all going to get litigated now, was that Jefferson Davis wasn't there except for his role as the leader of the Confederacy. And that some of the other Confederate statues on the campus were of people like John Reagan who had other roles, you know, Texas roles and other places in history other than their Confederate right. ties. Yeah, they have more so, Texas ties. So, you know, we're going to have a conversation like this on the, I, I think, on the statues on the state grounds. It may be after this court case. Yeah. It may be mm-hmm. in 2017 when the legislature comes back. Right. But I think this continues. This all, you know, this particular round of this stuff, you guys know, this started in South Carolina with mm-hmm. the killings in the church there. Correct. And, you know, now we're going to have a conversation about when do you and how do you erase historical right. blemishes without sort of erasing history. Well, and Jim, time. that really is the question. The airbrushing of history is what some who I think are not racist necessarily or who are not somehow so loyal still to the old idea of the Confederacy, but are just simply saying, look, we all have history. Some of that history is good. Some of that's bad. So my question to you is, do hashtag Confederate lives matter? Right. Do, <laughs> we, do we need to be, but in all sincerity, do we need to be asking the question of whether even blemished history is still history well, and that we ought to figure out a way to acknowledge even those dark corners of our past. Well, and, and I think some people handle that rightly or wrongly. I, I don't know, saying that 
we'll acknowledge history in the museums, um, but maybe not on a display. Well, and in fact, that's what South Carolina did with the Confederate flag, and that's the discussion of the Jefferson Davis statue going into the Briscoe Center, which is effectively an academic center, but a museum. Right. Well, Well, and the question against the statues on the Capitol grounds is that some of them do have explanatory plaques that people have taken issue with because they say, you know, the Civil War was about states' rights and not about slavery. And it really sort of plays on the line between what do you— Remember and what do you honor, and and you know if you're putting a statue in a place, you're exalting it in some right. ways, and and if you're honoring that, then you're honoring the ideas behind it, and is that what you wanted to do, right. or did you just want to acknowledge history? So the so the flip side of the question I asked uh, Jim about the airbrushing of history and whether Confederate lives matter is, would we be talking about taking down a Bull Connor statue or a George Wallace statue? If you know, it, there, there are definitely dark parts of our history, mm-hmm. and then there are dark parts of our history. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a period of time in this country before the civil rights era when you got to do stuff that now people would go, so if if you're in Alabama or you're in somewhere in the deep south and you've got statues to that period blemished as it may be of our history, I mean, this is my point. What's the difference between Jefferson Davis and Bull Connor or Jefferson Davis and... The, you know, the statues are purposes. basically a way of saying these are the things that we honor. And and if you're going to put a statue in a prominent place, you're saying this is something we're going to honor. So what's, every, a, what's a proper every, place? Or every what's an once in a place? while you get something that you put up, you know, to admonish. You know, this is a historical admonishment. We're going to this is a right. never forget kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But these aren't put up that way. These are put up this right. way as, you know, Confederate heroes. And right. You know, this is the leader of the Confederacy, and we've given him this great place on the mall at UT. You, you know, you just have to ask yourself, you know, as a as an institution or as a government, what right. are you going to exalt? And if you're Greg Fenvis, the president of UT, and you've come in <laughs> trying to put— I should have taken the million dollars. Oh, my God. <laughs> you thought that your last act of having to airbrush over history was to move the Bill Powers statue from the tower to right. the, back to the law school. <laughs> Now suddenly you're having to deal with this as your first official act. You haven't even been sworn in. Yeah. I mean, UT might right? not be happy about having to go through the litigation, but this does give them the headlines on the issue, and it keeps the conversation on this in the public's eye as they move right. forward. And if, if Greg Fenvis is behind the move and really committed to it, I don't know that it affects him negatively. You know, maybe he didn't, this didn't want to be the first thing on the job he wanted to deal with. Right. But it's it's an issue that a lot of people feel very strongly about and probably support him. Sometimes the events uh, uh, drive your agenda as opposed to the reverse. Right. The events right. out in the world. Right. Uh, well, speaking of keeping the conversation going, um, uh, if you have questions or comments, if you have a statue that you'd like uh, Jim and Ross and Alexa <laughs> uh, to move for you, uh, or if you have a Facebook post that you'd like one of our staff members to put up so that you have plausible deniability, or if you have a video uh, uh, discussing the inner workings of your operation that you'd like your us to, to obtain, uh, please uh, send that information along with questions and, and comments to tribcast at texastribune.org. I want to remind you yet again about the Texas Tribune Festival, the fifth annual. More than 220 people confirmed to speak as I sit here today. On Wednesday, August 19th, we have just confirmed former U.S. Senator and 1984 presidential candidate Gary Hart of Colorado and U.S. Congressman Mike McCall of Austin and Houston, who is the chairman of the House Homeland Security Committee. Right. Uh, both are added to a, a stellar lineup of speakers. We would love to have you attend the 
festival uh, October 16th to 18th on the UT Austin campus. Maybe by then there'll be uh, uh, places for you to sit that used to contain Confederate statues uh, in case you get tired walking across campus. Your own um, pedestal. <laughs> your own there pedestal. You go. <laughs> uh, I want to thank Shiny Ribs for uh, our music as always and our producer Todd for uh, his awesomeness and helping to put the uh, Tribcast together. Uh, so on behalf of Todd and uh, our guests today, Ross and Alexa and Jim, this is Evan Smith. I'll be back again, sadly, next week as the host of this podcast, and Emily will return uh, week after next. Uh, uh, but join us again next week. Thanks so much for listening. Texas talking. Texas talking. Texas talking. Texas talking. I've got the ill communication, Jim. That's one of the things people don't know about me.